welcome to the Pop Culture Bicycle Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Pop Culture Bicycle Podcast, where we ride you on our handlebars through the very best and sometimes the worst parts of pop culture media. I am your host, Jake, and alongside me is my co-lover, Luke. We got a doozy. We got knife fights. Dookie. We got scandal. We, we got a, ni- a scandal that turned into a knife fight. Embezzlement. Gonna, it's going to run the gamut. All right. We got some news. We got some news. More news. More news. A new segment name. Ooh. Temporarily question mark. <laughs> All right. For our first piece of news, Betty White passes away. She passed away from natural causes on New Year's Eve at the age of 99. Some of these headlines like kind of pissed me off. Because we're like, uh, we now found out what killed Betty White. Like She was 99 years old. That's what killed Betty White. What were you expecting? Yeah, I love those articles where it's like we now found out, and it's like, like it's 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 like everything that everyone already knew. She yeah. passed away from natural causes. If she was like forty-seven, I'd be like, yeah, what did it? But she was ninety-nine. We knew. Yeah. Um, the Reaper came. It it happens. Yeah, it happened. But people act or like acting like it was too soon. Yeah, and, like she's done so much. Yeah. And she was fucking 99. Yeah. She wasn't 27. I'm not making it to 99. I hope I fucking don't. <laughs> I'm definitely not Betty White. She, I, I mean, I haven't seen her for a little bit, but she seemed pretty spry for a 99-year-old. Yeah, least, yeah, definitely. At least 97, probably the last time I seen her. Like, I watched that Betty White documentary not that long ago. It was ago. a documentary? Documentary. Documentarian. It showed her... Uh, showed her boobs? No. <laughs> Gross. Uh, it showed like her early parts of her career on television. She's been on television for a long yeah, time. Like she had her own talk show and shit. Yeah, I, I, I almost feel like she had her own radio show before television. Like, I think she's so. Been in entertainment since before most of our parents were even born. So, Rip Betty White. Everyone fucking relax. She was old. It was her fucking time. All right, what do you got, son? Well, I got Bond, James Emmanuel Bond, his brother Richard Bond. Now, so. Uh, apparently, I didn't even know this, but there was one of the original Bond cars that has been missing for 25 years, and it was just found. It was a Transformer all along. Yeah, it, it was an original 1963 Aston Martin B, DB5 that was worth $25 million, and so apparently it was mo- used in the, uh, the movie Goldfinger. It was purchased by a private collector in the mid-80s, and then was stolen out of secure... Florida airport hangar in 1997, and then nobody's known where it's been since. Of course, it's of course it was in Florida. <laughs> uh, it says this according Florida to Florida man her, strikes again. It, Florida would be easy, according to a report. An unnamed individual has been able to verify the vehicle through its serial number, confirming it is the one that went missing. The exact whereabouts of the vehicle have not been revealed, but it's said to be in a private setting. Quote unquote. Somewhere in the Middle East, with Dubai, Kuwait, Bahrain, and Saudi Arabia marked as particular areas of interest. Let's be honest; it's in Dubai, probably. Like some in, in some oil prints, yeah, in this garage it. of a hundred other fucking supercars. But so it, it's going to be returned eventually. But the thing is, the insurance company for the car already it's no paid longer out, in business. Well, already paid out four point two million dollars. 
when it was stolen 25 years ago. Wait, is that $4.2 million in today's money or back then? Ooh, that's a good question. Because that'd be like billions of dollars nowadays. Well, 1997, it's probably only worth, it's only probably like $6 million now, but still. Uh, but apparently, they pledged a $100,000 reward for anybody who like came up with the whereabouts of the car. So here's what I'm wondering. The person in Dubai that has it has a car that's worth $25 million. Is he going to return it just to get a $100,000 reward nah. for the... doesn't seem right. <laughs> I would have just kept it. Like, it's, yeah. No one has that. Like, Especially, like I feel like, people in Dubai... Don't give a fuck about well, money. Don't give a fuck about money because they'll just wipe their ass with it. But also, like, they want the things that no one else has. That's why right. you see those princes with, like, tigers and, like, lynx and, like... Dumbasses. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. I didn't even know about it until I, I read it. I was like, pretty cool. Did we talk about the... This reminds me of, um, like, the great Spider-Man, like, Raimi Spider-Man suit heist. Oh. Yeah, it's someone stole, like, two or three of the suits that cost... Tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to make a piece. Tens of dollars? Yeah, tens of dollars. And there's like a worldwide manhunt or like suit hunt. Still going on right now? No, no. Oh. They found the suits. It was in possession of a of a uh, security guard. Really? Yeah, that worked for Sony. And um, they apparently one of the 89 batman suits went missing too and it was traced back to that same person what? yeah was so was he just hanging on to him or was he gonna try to sell him black market stuff i think he sold one of them one or two of them to some guy in dubai probably <laughs> right next to his tiger yeah there's a there's a good video on it on mr sunday movies youtube channel Heck yeah i'll have to check that out yeah. i've never heard about that me either until i saw that i'm like what the fuck yeah I wonder how many other movie props just go missing. Well, actors steal, like, superhero yeah. actors and stuff. They'll try to steal, uh, like, their costumes or partially their costumes or I something. That, but I wonder, like, how many, like, stagehands or executive producers. Someone's just like, oh, I'm going to take that. Yeah. And it's actually worth a lot of money, but they just were like, oh, I just want to have it up in my living room. Yeah. <laughs> this would look cute in my living room. <laughs> right over my live, laugh, doc, doc wall hanging for our next piece of news we got we have a rumor that the flash movie will erase the dceu it's reported by a few quote-unquote credible leakers that the flash movie will erase every movie that Zack snyder has ever done along with affleck as batman and cavill as superman like in, in the in the Flash movie, I think Superman's just going to... WB's just going to reuse old Superman footage mm-hmm. and just have it playing on a TV. And this will be Affleck's last outing as Batman. Which I don't fucking blame him, dude. No, <laughs> WB fucking sucks. I don't blame... Yeah, I, don't, I, I wasn't really a big fan of Affleck's Batman. I fucking loved him. It was fine, but I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how Robert Pattinson brings to the role. But here's here's my issue is like Henry Cavill only got one standalone Superman movie. Yeah. And now they're just going to like, nope, he's no longer Superman in the DCEU, even yeah. though they've already said that everything is canon. So uh-huh. I, I don't know. It feels like they're trying to do like a 
big reset. Like, yeah. Let's just, we fucked up. Let's just erase everything and we'll have the Flash do it and then we can start anew. Yeah. Um, fuck, what was I going to say? I, I think it's pretty clever. It's a pretty clever way of restarting it instead of going, like, just coming out with an announcement saying, yeah, we're not doing any of that stuff anymore. We're starting over. Yeah, forget all those movies. But at, at the beginning, like, WB tried doing what Marvel did with their shared universe, but instead of, like, running the the race, they just, like, hopped from the start to the finish, and we're oh. surprised that it didn't fucking work out for them. Yeah. They didn't put all the work in in between. So they're just like team up, team up, team up, and everyone's like, "Who the fuck are these people?" Like non-comic book fans are not gonna know who the fuck Cyborg is, or fucking. Well, I guess the only people that watch Zack Snyder's Justice League are fans, yeah, comic book fans. So they'll know who Martian Manhunter is and shit. But I, I, like I said, I'm a fan of the concept because if you want to start over, you have to somehow explain why you're starting over. Yeah. And I think DC needs to start over because I feel like they've jumbled up their their universes so much. Yeah. So recently, I I just I don't know. I Henry Cavill fan, so like not seeing him have another standalone movie, which I feel he deserves. It's fucking annoying. Yeah, it annoys me to no end. Affleck whatever. And I I I think that answers the question of where Robert Pattinson's Batman fits into the canon. I think I think it's gonna be its own thing. Is it? Yeah, like on a different Earth type bullshit. And then, what about uh, Batgirl and uh, I forget his name, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton's Batman. Um, well, Keaton. So many like what? What? What happens in the Batgirl movie? It's reported that Keaton's Batman is working with Black Canary, and at the end of the movie, they choose Batgirl as like the new Batman figure. And in the in the Flash, uh, Supergirl is the new Superman figure. So it's reported that the Flash movie ends with Flash, Super, Supergirl, and Shazam forming a new Justice League. Which David F. Sandberg, who is the director for Shazam uh-huh. and Shazam Two, he reacts to like he reacted to one of the tweets, and he was like surprised about the news. And also Ezra Miller denied the rumor, saying that no power or force in any known megaverse, I don't know what the fuck a megaverse is, but... They can make up any word they want. uh, Would or could ever erase Zack Snyder's mighty work. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed Zack Snyder's work, for the most part. At least when he was able to, like, tell the story the way he wanted to, without having it cut down, a.k.a. Justice League 26... 2017 2017 justice league justice uh i just it sounds maybe it's not a great reset maybe that they are moving on but it already sounds kind of jumbled i saw that the Zack snyder work like won't be completely erased like it'll still be there but they just i don't know won't acknowledge it it's it's like uh bc and ad now the Snyderverse will be like BC, and then they'll have the Great Reset, and then everything after that is like AD. I guess. As far as a timeline, I have no idea. I don't think Warner Brothers has any idea either. Yeah, it, it's become increasingly obvious that they are kind of building the ship as it's flying. Yeah. 
Um, they're like, let's just get movies out and we'll explain it later. Yeah, and hope that it makes sense. Uh, yeah, there, there's some alternate universe out there where we have a whole cinematic universe, successful cinematic universe. And Marvel's of, blundering everything. Yeah. Which sucks because, like, as far as superheroes go, I think Marvel probably has the superior over. Listen to me. Superior overall characters. Like, they have Iron Man, but I, I just feel like DC has the two big superstar characters with Batman and Superman. And then everyone else. And Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman. There's a reason why they're called the Trinity. I, I, I get that. I just hate seeing DC fuck it up so much because now you're kind of diminishing those three characters. Yeah, lowering the quality of like your biggest characters. Yeah, like if you gave me the option of watching a Batman movie or like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I'm watching the Batman movie every time. Yeah. But now it seems like some of those Batman, and I'm not talking about the Robert Pattinson one because that one actually looks great. Yeah, it looks amazing. Uh, but now it seems like some of those Batman movies aren't to the same caliber as like those Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So Marvel is winning in that, even like storytelling and uh, like the scale. Canon. Yeah, and it sucks because I would much rather watch a really great Batman movie. Same. But there's so many not good ones. Yeah, you know, in the '90s. Yeah, um, and even like the Dark Knight Rises wasn't that great. Like the whole no- Nolan verse, like the fighting was not amazing, and it was pretty apparent in the I, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, the Dark Knight itself, I think, was a pretty great movie. I think oh yeah, only because of Heath Ledger's performance. I feel like if they used another villain, it would have really showed how bad Christian Bale was as a Batman. <laughs> yeah, every movie, like his his voice got even more like meme worthy, I guess. Yeah, it, it ba- seemed Batman. like his face just kept getting fatter and his lips got, like, pushed out. Yeah, it's because, like, the mouth, like, was, like, so small. Yeah, so, like, he went from, oh, yeah, Batman, to, oh, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> jumble mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, Batman's my fucking favorite comic book character, so. I, I really enjoy Superman, too, and I really enjoyed Henry Cavill's Superman as a character, like I said, the movies, if they're going to release the movies as is, it needs more movie. Because as we discussed before, it, it feel like they were trying to just pack a bunch of story into a little bit, a bit of time so they yeah. can jump around. They, it's okay if you need to release two parts. Yeah. And they don't, just, they don't ever seem to do that. No. Because the Zack Snyder's Justice League was supposed to be originally two parts. Then they combined it, so... And then it, it proved that it wasn't enough to tell the story correctly. Yeah. And then now you have the four-hour Snyder Cut, which Everyone tells the story loved, correctly, I feel. Which fucking gave HBO Max a huge boost oh, in subscribers. Yeah. I mean, and it's four hours. Like, it takes a while. Like, it's a big chunk of your day. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. But if they would have just released it in two parts before... I mean, fuck, they, they turned The Hobbit, which is like... A three hundred page book into two movies. Like you telling me they couldn't just split that up? No, nope. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it seems like WB only knows how to do Harry Potter stuff and Lord of the Rings stuff. Which Although, I, I mean, WB was even getting criticized for some of their Harry Potter reunion stuff. So, no, I didn't watch it, but I uh, see a bunch of articles on I, it. That I, I watched it because Jordan wanted to watch it. And 
It was okay. <laughs> I'll probably end up watching it. I haven't watched it yet. When the actors were like walking onto the set where they're going to talk to other actors from the movie, from, from the franchise, it seemed like a lot of fabricated fake happiness, fake positivity. Like they're so happy to be back on whatever set they're Honestly, they're on. probably like leave it alone like <laughs> leave I, us alone I, I was hermione when i was 19 or whatever like i'm not a kid anymore i want to do other things even though she hasn't really been much of other things. No, i mean she doesn't need to no exactly i mean even wow daniel radcliffe has been doing other movies like yeah i know every time you see him you're like oh that's harry potter just because of the phenomenon that harry potter was yeah but like he's a Actually, a good actor who does yeah. good work. So. And who stars in some wild movies, too. Which, have like, you seen the new one? What? Him and Channing Tatum and... What's her name? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, I forget what it is. He plays kind of a villain. What is her name? Big actress from... I mean, not long ago. I would say the 90s. What the fuck? I type Danielle. But she plays a horror romance novelist, and Channing Tatum is like the character in her book, but he's also like a real life guy. And she gets swept off to this island by Daniel Radcliffe's character. Channing Tatum goes to rescue her because he wants to prove that he's just like the character in the book, like love interest type of thing. It, it seems pretty funny. Um, we would. When is it from? It comes out in a couple. Oh, months. it comes out. Yeah. Is it the Lost City? That's it. What's her name? Uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Jesus. I think I started watching this trailer, and then I'm just like, yeah, give a fuck it about Sandra seems, Bullock or Channing Tatum. It seems pretty funny to me. I never. I, I've been a. I wouldn't say fan, but I don't hate Channing Tatum's comedy sometimes. So. I liked him right. in Free Guy. His, yeah. His little role that and, he had. And his role here seems a lot like that guy in Free Guys. I liked him in the Jump Street movies, too. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's the only comedy he can really do, so it's more of the same. And I'll probably watch it. It looks good. I might, if there's nothing else on. All right, moving on. What else What else do you got, sir? Moving on from WB to MTV, but not really. And uh, MJ. MJ. <laughs> uh, so, according to Mike Judge, the creator of, obviously, King of the Hill and... Beavis and Butthead. And I, Office Space. Yes. Idiocracy. Yes. I was like, what else has he done? But yes. <laughs> uh, there will be a new movie of Beavis and Butthead uh, on Paramount Plus. Did Paramount, is MTV an affiliate of Paramount now? I have no idea. Maybe. Or did MTV sell the rights to Paramount, maybe? Or, or, for or they gave Butthead. the rights back to Mike Judge, maybe? Maybe. It's been fucking like a hundred years. There's no word really on the plot or anything, and there's no exact date, but he he included some sketches. I saw those earlier. Beavis and Butthead looking older and (laughs) out of shape. (laughs) Pretty rough. And the tweet says no no exact date yet, but soon they need some time to get back in shape. So I kind of hope they're not in shape. Yeah. And they're just ugly old dudes yeah because butthead has like a beer gut and then yeah uh beavis is like a little bit chubby but he has like reading glasses on yeah it looked pretty good i i it's pretty wrinkly 
I was obviously was a fan of the old show on MTV. I wasn't really. I like it. I actually own the seasons. And then I, Beavis and Butthead do America is funny. Yeah. And then they brought it back, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago now, back to MTV. Like it, new episodes? Yeah. And then it wasn't as good. They were still trying to do the music video thing, which mm. worked sometimes. But yeah. I, I'm excited to see when they can, like, don't have censors from a TV station or oh, whatever. That's a good point. And just do a movie if it'll be a lot better. Yeah. It'll be on a streaming platform. And if they keep them the way they are, the evolution of them instead of teenagers, now old men, but still stupid and immature. Yeah. I think that, I, I think it could work. And I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah. Well, when I was younger, when it came to like King of the Hill versus The Simpsons. Oh, it was King of the Hill every time. No, but it, it was Simpsons for me. Really? Yeah. I loved King of the Hill. I was like, fucking Bart rides a skateboard and pretty cool. I'm like five years old. I like him. <laughs> oh, I guess I guess what I was like, if I was five, yeah, it would have been The Simpsons. But as I grew a little bit older. Ooh, as, as you matured. As I matured. Into a fine young man. Well, Simpsons haven't been good while so many seasons. I haven't watched it. I've tried. Probably I've, since like the Simpsons movie. Yeah, the Simpsons movie was good. I'll yeah. give it. I really enjoyed that movie, but that was also 2010, somewhere around there. It's old. What? Maybe 2008. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say earlier than 2010. I yeah, think. Yeah, that's it's been a while. How come King of the Hill never got a movie? I mean, kind of did. Uh, Hank Hill and I think just Hank Hill, like the precursor to Hank Hill, was in he was in Butthead to America. It was the voice. Yeah. And kind of, I don't know if that's how he based Hank Hill off of, or just he only knows how to do a few voices. 2007? Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. It's, it's, anything after that was kind of garbage. But King of the Hill is kind of in the same boat as like Futurama, where it comes out with new episodes or it's in syndication and then gets canceled off of whatever network it's on. And then every so often they bring it back for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, even Futurama's coming back. It's, it's, Is it? Yeah, on Adult Swim. All right, so we'll get like three episodes, and then it'll take a break yeah, for five I, years, and then we'll get four episodes. Exactly. I liked Futurama. Me too. I didn't really like the Disenchanted or whatever, the I other Matt Groening project. Might have given it a shot, but it wasn't. It wasn't probably like not. To you. I just I like Futurama. Yeah, uh, Futurama. Simpsons and way down is dis- disenchanted. I've never, I've never watched it. <laughs> okay, so everyone's gonna be super devastated about this. This next piece of news: Sony pushes Morbius's release date back. Michael Morbius, the Jared Leto vampire. Uh, yeah, are you sad about it? <laughs> Fuck no, me neither. <laughs> I, I, that is definitely a movie I'm not gonna run out and fucking see at an early fucking viewing. Fucking dogs. I almost feel as if Jared Leto is phoning it in sometimes now. Yeah. Because apparently he was not good in House of Gucci. So I kind of feel as if maybe he's going to phone it in for this. Plus, I I don't necessarily know if the hype is there. It's not. So if the hype isn't there, and who knows? I could be wrong. Maybe he puts out a great performance in this because he's been known to do great performances in the past. But I just don't care. Yeah, I don't really care either. I'll probably wait till it comes out on streaming to watch it. I 
uh, let's be honest. <laughs> um, I mean, the last couple of trailers, they look okay, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really care. What, didn't this always, almost had like a multiverse feel to it too? Didn't we discuss that? Where there was like a logo? Um, Michael Keaton reprises his character as uh, Vulture. Well, not Vulture, but his uh, civilian identity. I forgot what the fuck it is. Um, and there's one point where Michael Morbius is like, he like he took someone down, and the person's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "I am Venom." What? Like, he's like, oh, "I'm just kidding." Oh, uh, but that, but that's what he says. So, same universe as Venom, and then the same universe as the MCU because, um, Adrian Toomes, that's his name. Okay, reprises his role on the same subject as Venom. Kind of. Did you see the photos of Tom Holland Spider Man with the symbiote suit? Yeah, yeah. It it looks pretty cool. It looks raw and like wet. Yeah, which looks cool. It looks icky. Hey. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I, I hope that actually is a thing. It might be. It might be. Not you- to spoil anything, but it might be. Also, I know movies will be like they might have a script or like storyline that they're trying to figure out or hash out. So they'll have the actors come in like, here, put the suit on. We'll see how you look in it. All this kind of stuff. And then maybe scrap it later, you know, yeah. as like a screen test. And who knows if it was a screen test and never actually comes to light of day. Probably a lot of things in Hollywood. Exactly. But yeah, th- th- this is the seventh time that Sony has pushed the release date back. Really been that long? <laughs> yeah, times. Uh, it's it was supposed to come out in January, then it got pushed back. It was either January or February, but then it got pushed back to April first. Dang. Yeah. So I can tell you the only release so far that I'm most excited about is the Batman. The Batman. Which when does that come out? March, early March. All right. Even before that. Jackass Forever? Jackass Forever, February 4th. I saw on Reddit today that they released new character posters. I'm like, this hasn't fucking come out yet? No, it was supposed to come out in November, and then they yeah. pushed it back. That's why I was confused. That, I feel like it was supposed to come out like forever ago. Yeah, we had plans to watch it forever ago, and then they pushed it. Fucking Morbius was initially scheduled to be, to be released July of 2020. Well, the, damn, that should have been on streaming already. Uh, yeah, that still hasn't come out in theaters. Got anything else for news? That's all I got. Okay. Uh, our next segment, which was called What We're Reading and or Watching, is what we are now calling what, Luke? Spoiler alert. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Let's do that music. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. All right. What have you been reading and or watching? Uh, I haven't been reading anything. I haven't had time, but I did get an evening, sit down, and finally start watching season two of The Witcher. How is it? It's good. Have is you been it? watching it at all? No. Oh, it's... Jordan hasn't watched the fucking first season, oh. and the only time I really watch anything is when when we watch stuff together. Did you so. watch the first season, too? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, it's it's really good. I I, I know this is called Spoiler Alert. But it kind of takes the first three episodes to really get into how the story. Oh, really? Yeah. But it it isn't just filler. Like, there is things going on, but the story doesn't really start showing itself until about the third episode. I haven't started the fourth episode yet. But I will tell you, spoiler alert, that he is now training uh, Princess Cirilla, Siri, yeah. to be a witcher. And that kind of just started, like, I think episode two 
but episode three is where it really is like i know she starts really getting into the training more i saw that before season two was released netflix released a clip of her on this platform where she has to like not get hit by these things yep like swinging back and forth and she does it's just like i could do that yeah i believe that was episode two but yeah it's it's, shit together it's good and all the characters i mean you haven't lost anything they haven't changed who they were so you kind of can just jump right back in not feel like what's going on (laughs) although at first it was it's been so long in between the seasons that at first i had i was like the fuck happened in the last episode i can't remember and then it finally worked back i'm yeah. excited to watch more of it talk sure. about fucking long time periods between seasons fucking stranger things season three and season four yeah when is that supposed? when is season four supposed to debut i don't think there's a release date still wow i feel like it's gonna be like summer probably somewhere around there that's what they did with season three was released it and like the fourth of july yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, honestly. I fucking loved it. But now I feel, and maybe once I start watching it, I'll be like, this is why I loved it. I feel like there's been so much time in between season three and season four that my excitement has kind of died for it. Mm. I, 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 can, I can see that, yeah. Like I, I'm not super stoked to watch season four, but I know once I probably start watching it, I'll be like, this is exactly why I love this show. <laughs> yeah. Forgot how fucking amazing this yeah. was. Um, I've been slowly chipping away at The Shining. Hell yeah. I think I've read like... Three pages? Oh, it's like <laughs> 20 pages. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the hotel is like really talking to Jack now, like making him uh, think that he is in like all the times at once. Oh, really? In like the ballroom. That's what I love about books compared to movies. Like they flesh things out yeah at its own pace instead of having to keep it like under two hours yeah even even though i feel like the shining was a longer movie especially for its time yeah i agree but the shining the book is thick as fuck isn't it yeah yeah so like you know there's a bunch of story that they weren't able to tell um i did watch don't look up how was it it was pretty good i had no expectations going into it so maybe that's what helped me enjoy it. I've Could, read articles on it. I haven't. I I haven't watched it yet. Obviously, um, it's directed by Adam McKay, who directed Vice, which is about Dick Cheney, and Anchorman and Step Brothers, among other things. Ooh, okay. And it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance is. Halliday from Ready Player One, the movie. Oh, okay. Um, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, and even more fucking people. That's a cast. Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't. Even, I didn't know Jonah Hill was in it. Yeah. He cool. he plays. I don't know. He, he he's in. His mom is um, Meryl Streep's character, who okay. was the president. Oh. So he's like in her cabinet. He's the one that like carries around the nuclear codes. Isn't it almost uh almost like a satirical look at like media manipulation? Eh, That's so what it, I hear. It's not really a satirical look. It's like it's straight up just yeah. folded in your face. Yeah, it's about two low level astronomers from MSU, Michigan State Heck University. Yeah. Um and they must go on a giant media tour to remind or to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. 
and the comet is a not so like subtle cover for climate change. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 film like feels too relatable because people pass it off as fake news. Yeah, like, for like sure. They, like they pass off fucking. Is it is it the the media itself saying like it's not a thing? Yeah, and that's the whole point of don't look up because if you look up, you'll actually see this. But we're telling you not to. So yeah, I think Meryl Streep's president character. She, play, she plays like President Orlean. She goes on a re-election tour or something, and she starts a campaign of don't look up because Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like just look up and you'll fucking see the meteor heck yeah and sh- they start the whole don't look up that makes sense because leo has been a big like climate change almost activist so that makes sense that he'd want to play in the role of like look this is happening and i guess you need a movie with a big star-studded cast on netflix for people to like yeah get the point but also people are stupid so they'll probably be like uh, it's just a funny movie. I don't know. Yeah, and people would be like, oh, yeah, no. That movie looks stupid. I'll say it right now. I'm going to take this stance. Climate change is real. Climate change is real. So are comets. Comets are real. Comets are real. <laughs> uh, Yeah, it it definitely exceeded my expectations, which were pretty much non-existent. Nothing, nothing. So it was better than nothing. Yeah. yeah Mark Rylance, he plays a... A character that's like Zuckerberg, Musk, Bezos. Oh fuck! Who's the leader of um? Virgin Airlines. No, of a cult. Fucking Applewhite. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Who? Children of God cult, right? Yeah. The the Heaven's Gate. Yeah, Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to say it's like Mark Applewhite or some shit. It's M something. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's it's like all those people rolled in one. And it's pretty annoying. Marshall. Yeah, Marshall. Marshall Applewhite. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the government, like all the governments get together and they're like, oh, we can fucking launch all these rockets and blow up the the comet. And then Mark Rylance's character is like, wait, there's a bunch of like valuable resources inside that comet that are worth like billions of dollars. Oh, Jesus. So we should send my technology up there and mine it. <laughs> and yeah, it feels... Like it really happened. Like Elon Musk would send up fucking some robots to. I almost feel like it was either NASA or SpaceX has already sent up a asteroid mining spaceship. I feel like that's <laughs> already a thing, or is gonna be a thing. Like I, I think I read an article on it or heard a news story. It sounds familiar. And uh, I did not expect this, but Timothy Chalamet was funny in this movie. Really? Yeah. Like he plays like this Gen Xer who does and says like gen x things and <laughs> but he's also like a genuine person okay yeah, yeah i'll it, have to check it out i didn't i see it every time i get on netflix it is on netflix yeah yeah, yeah it's on netflix and yeah i i like leo movies so i was like oh, i gotta check that one out i just haven't had a chance to yeah i i recommend it if you have some time to kill if you, out of five comets how many comets do you give it um 3.8. 3.8 Comets. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Speaking of good movies, are you guys ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm not ready. All right, get ready. I don't think I'll, I'll ever be ready. Yeah. But All right, we're going, we're going without it. you. Get ready for the real good movie of the week. Real good movie of the week. 
All right. So a couple weeks ago, we were given gremlins, and then last week, we, by happenstance, were given gremlins to the new batch. This movie is a fucking <laughs> ride, dude. Yeah. Holy crap. This was done by WB? Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it starts out with yeah. Daffy beating up bugs and wanting to be on the WB logo. I, I, I That's right. I just feel like they were like, let's put as much of our IP as possible into this movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> that's it that's it uh all right so the gremlins are back and this time they've ca- they've taken control of a new york city media mogul's high-tech skyscraper uh joe dante is back as director and zach galligan and phoebe cates also reprised their roles as billy and kate all right let's get into this i have lots of notes on this Okay, so the movie opens with a flyover of New York, and then it pans to Chinatown. A fancy man in a limo hops out and walks into the grandfather's shop from the first movie, which I don't remember the dad in the first movie going to New York. Yeah, I thought I thought he was traveling and was in China, and that's where the, the shop was. I just thought it, it was been wrong, in Kingston Falls. Or somewhere close, so I didn't know you fucking went all the way to fucking New York. They bring in a TV and they play a recording of media mogul Daniel Clamp, played by John Glover, who is Lionel Luther from Smallville. Oh, really? Yeah, Lex Luthor's dad. Nice. That they created for the show Smallville. He says he wants to buy up the grandfather's shop so he can knock down all the buildings and build a Chinese-themed business center. The grandfather refuses Daniel's offer. Then cuts to six weeks later, there is a news report of the grandfather's death, so that means Daniel can demolish all of the buildings in the area to build his business center. Gizmo is still inside the shop when they start demolition, because why wouldn't they check the shop fucking beforehand? Right. <laughs> he escapes and then is captured by some random person. Billy and Kate are walking through Times Square. Billy says that the Futtermans are coming to visit, so I guess that means they didn't die in the last movie. Yeah, which, yeah, because... Did they drive the tractor through the, the living yeah. room or something? Yeah, apparently they were only injured, but they didn't die, even though we didn't see them for the rest of the last movie, so it was, it was implied that they died. I also feel like, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it, but it was unnecessary to really bring them back. They could have done without it. Yeah, I definitely did not miss them. Yeah. I definitely wasn't crossing my fingers saying, oh, I hope the fucking Futtermans make it into this movie. <laughs> Billy is working at Daniel Clamp's business, Clamp Industries. Daniel is unhappy working there, saying that he would have been already pr- promoted at the bank back in Kingston Falls. As Billy and Kate... Would he be, though? I mean, they didn't really like him. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, Judge Reinhold definitely did not <laughs> like him. As Billy and Kate are walking inside, Kate gets rudely shoved aside by some random dude for some reason. Well, as they were walking up towards the building... They were getting like pushed and whatever, and it, it almost seemed like they just moved there because they're like people are so rude here. Yeah, but he's already like had a job and is working, and she has a job there, yeah. and they have an apartment. So that's not the first time they've been to that building or in the city. They maybe know. they just like saying that every time they go out walking. Yeah, I, I, everyone's I, so rude here. I think they tried to really push like, oh, we're just small town people. Yeah, we're from Kingston Falls. 
Yeah, as Billy and Kate are walking inside, Kate gets rudely shoved aside by some random dude. As the guy is walking inside through the revolving doors, it malfunctions and starts spinning uncontrollably with him inside, which, which is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've noticed that a lot of the shit in this building does not work. Does not work. It reminds me of, of his dad. dad's yeah. inventions. Yeah. They apparently give tours of the building because we see a tour group and a tour guide, which I f- feel like would be like the most boring shit ever. I don't know. With a genetics lab and everything else that's in that building, I'd, I'd take a tour. Eh. And it was supposed to be like the most technologically advanced building in the world. So I, w- I would take a tour. Back in the early 90s, if that was a thing. I would. Billy's job is to design buildings for Clamp Industries. The drawing of the business center looks amazing, but he has to get berated for it for the sake of the plot. They tell him to like get rid of the elm trees or whatever. Yeah. And, put in whatever, whatever. Which his boss, manager, whatever. The, the chick? Yeah. Worst accent. <laughs> he has... Marla? I, I can't tell if she really is from new york or she's doing the over exaggerated new york accent but i couldn't stand maybe it. she's from joyzy could stand her voice i don't mind it it was annoying though <laughs> altogether the fancy guy from the limo at the beginning of the movie forrester played by robert picardo he has a super anal head of security guy or something he gives billy a speech about having a how having a tiny plant on his desk is a huge no-no oh yeah which that guy plays Q in Star Trek The Next Generation. Don't care, nerd. I don't watch it. I just know it. We cut to Grandpa Fred. I don't know why he's called Grandpa Fred. He's not related to Billy or anything. Yeah. Played by Robert Prosky. He's dressed as Dracula and has a TV show about horror films. He's upset because his show was pushed back to a 3.30 a.m. slot. Real Sven character. He's a real... Uh, Grandpa Munster. Yeah, actually, he Kayla, played. At, it's like, is that Grandpa Munster? I'm yeah. like, it's definitely not. But it is. Is it really? Yeah. No. Uh, I, I, I'm fucking ooh, from the monsters. Ooh. Yep. No. I'll bet you five dollars. Wait, no, that was L. Lewis. Hey. But it was a reference. Mean, yeah, I, I read that in the trivia sen- oh, it was, section. It was like a nod to him. The fuck you go to L. Lewis's. IMDB, and it's a trailer with Ron Jeremy in it. All right. Weird. All right, Al Lewis. (laughs) Rip. Um, Fred talks to Billy about the different kind of tenants Daniel Clamp has in his building. He mentions a genetic research lab that took out a patent on a new kind of gerbil. We are then taken to said lab called Slice O Life Incorporated. A delivery driver is there to deliver a package to Dr. Catheter. Who is played by Mother? Yeah, I didn't realize that. He's played by fucking Christopher Lee, horror movie legend. Catheter walks back to his lab with all sorts of cartoony, uh, like equipment shit. Yeah, he talks to one of his doctors, asking him how the cloning process is going. The doctor next to him turns, and it's an exact clone of the first doctor. What? Who's played by twins? Real life twins. Oh, they were real life twins. Yeah, they're in Terminator as well. Oh heck yeah, playing twins. Well, because wow, typecasting. The who, who was the villain of the first Terminator? Or Terminator Two, whichever one it was. Like uh, like takes over the first twins look. So it looks like the oh right yeah something like that. 
The clone doctors say that they found a new kind of specimen that they'd like to show Catheter. The clone doctors pull back the curtain, and it's a terrified gizmo in a cage. So I guess that person at the beginning of the movie that snatched up gizmo was that doctor. Yeah. The doctors put on music, and gizmo starts dancing to it. Adorable. Gizmo tries to make a break for it, but Catheter catches him. Still adorable. Still adorable. Sad and adorable. Yep. Billy hears someone whistling a familiar tune, the one that Gizmo does. He sees it's the delivery man from earlier. Billy asks him where he heard it, and the guy says he heard someone humming it in the lab. Billy heads up to the lab to rescue Gizmo. He's able to get by the secretary just by saying he's there to fix the printer. Which, I don't know if anybody fixing printers is in, like, a suit. Yeah. But, whatever. Plot. Yeah, the... The secretary tells Billy that the printer's in the lab because, of course, Billy sneaks Gizmo out in a toolbox and causes a dis- causes a distraction by letting a couple monkeys out of their cages, even though he didn't really need he, to he because no all. one was paying attention to him. <laughs> Nobody was paying attention. <laughs> he takes Gizmo t- into a bathroom and dims the lights. Point. I thought, like, why bring him to anywhere where he could get wet when you know he can't? Yeah, get wet? he put him right next to a bunch of sinks. I'm like, this motherfucker's gonna get wet yeah. here. Billy asks Gizmo what the doctors were doing to him, and Billy can apparently understand Mogwai now. Yeah, he because, couldn't before, yeah. and then he hasn't seen him for years, and now he can. Gizmo was like whispering gibberish shit, and Billy's like, oh yeah, no shit. Oh, for real? For real? Billy takes Gizmo back to his cubicle. He puts Gizmo in a drawer and tells him he has to be absolutely quiet, which reminds me of Barney. Like, where the fuck's Barney in this movie? Oh, yeah. Motherfucker just left him back in Kingston Falls like he didn't mean shit to him. Well, how old was Barney in the first one? Who knows? Maybe between... Mm, How dare you infer such a terrible thing? I'm just saying. Circle of life. Someone comes in, comes running in, exclaiming, It's him! He's here! He's here! Referring to Daniel Clamp, Billy panics and shuts Gizmo's poor hand in the drawer. Piece of shit. Hate him already. Still adorable. Daniel sees Billy's drawing and is blown away. He tells Billy to get rid of the elm trees because apparently when people see elm trees, they think of the Dutch and disease. I feel like that was kind of racist. Yes, but that was the 80s, so probably acceptable back then. You know what was also racist is in that scene as soon as Clamp comes in, uh, he's like, I haven't been to this office, but that's going to change. And he was like walking up to a desk. There's this African-American fellow behind it who reaches out to shake his hand. And then they cut to a close-up scene of him at the desk, and the African-American man is no longer there. Marla Bloodstone, the head of the, of the department that Billy works in, hits on Billy and wants to take him out to dinner. She thinks Billy is keeping a pet in his drawer and asks to see it. Billy then frantically agrees to have dinner with her to change the subject. Which, you could just be like, fucking go away. Yeah, <laughs> get the fuck out of my shit. Jesus. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Billy tells Kate that he's unable to go out with her tonight. He then lies and says it's because he has a meeting with some people. Billy then asks Kate for a big favor to go up and get Gizmo. Kate gets understandably upset, but Billy tells her that the good news is that she gets to take Gizmo home. Not sure how that is supposed to be good news to her, but whatever, I guess. Kate runs after Billy and sees him leaving with Marla. Billy, like, honestly could have just told Kate about the Marla Gizmo situation and everything would have been fine. Yeah. But, but he had a lie. Yeah. And that created drama. And he like lets Marla put 
like her arm around his arm and yeah. her head on his shoulder. Like what? What the fuck are you doing? Billy? Yeah, piece of, yeah. Piece back of shit, up, Billy. Back up. Give me some fucking space. Smell like cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, when I, she lit up a cigarette in the office, I'm like, fucking things have changed, right? A janitor is walking through Billy's department, talking to himself about unfair wages. <laughs> Nothing has changed, am I right? <laughs> oh, you know who that janitor is? Uh, an actor. It's John Aston who plays uh, Sean Aston's father. Yeah, Gomez Adams, the original Adams. Mm. I read that in trivia too. Uh, the janitor goes to take a drink out of a water fountain, and it malfunctions, spraying him in the face. The janitor is trying to fix it, turning it on as he does so for some reason. <laughs> Gizmo is standing super close by, and the water gets awfully close to him. Gizmo runs away. The janitor turns the fountain back on, and the water is shooting even farther. This guy is fucking terrible at his <laughs> job. He's just making it worse. Now you know why you don't get paid good wages. Yeah. You're bad. Yeah, the water sprays all over Daniel's drawing, and then the water like falls down and lands on Gizmo's head. So, it, And then the janitor is like, fuck it. And yeah. then gives up on fixing it, just takes off. Like, it is in the first movie, if you get the Mogwai wet, then little balls of fur start fucking jumping off of you, and pretty gross. Why is it that instead of a gizmo, I know for the sake of the movie, why is it their personality changes? Offspring. Are your person Is your personality the same as your parents? Well, no, but they're, I don't think my kids are inherently evil either. You don't know that. There's still time. It's 10 a.m. Do you know where your kids are? <laughs> yeah, so the new Mogwai start coming to life. We are introduced to the new Stripe. Yeah. Which is called Mohawk in this movie. Mohawk and the other Mogwai corner Gizmo, steal his little armband, and shove him into a vent. What was the armband from? I don't know. They didn't like ever make a point to show him getting he, the armband. I think Billy mentioned something about the grandfather in the antique shop something to do with him like maybe they had like a matching armband or oh, some maybe. shit or the grandfather gave it to him i don't know kate goes to get gizmo and mistakenly takes one of the new gremlin while gizmo is stuck in the vents the other gremlin are in the lobby and apparently are able to go about undetected yeah nobody sees him for some reason Billy and Marla are at dinner and talking about promotions and whatnot she then proceeds to put her foot on billy's crotch Billy understandably panics and leaves, but not before Marla tries to kiss Billy on the lips. Then Billy arrives home with Marla's lipstick on his cheek. Like at any point, you just didn't see a mirror or reflection yeah, of yourself. Sure. Uh, he says that the gremlin Kate took home is not Gizmo, and they have to go take it back to the office. As they're getting ready to leave, the Futterman show up, and Mrs. Futterman blinds Kate with her camera flash for some crazy person reason. <laughs> Billy and Kate go back to the office where the gremlins have revealed themselves to people in an ice cream shop. Kate and Billy shut off the water so the gremlins can't multiply. They're caught by a security guard that pulls a loaded fucking gun on yeah. Billy. <laughs> uh, I mean, eh, it still rings true. Yeah. Especially in like 80s New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. The camera then pans up and we see the gremlins in their gremlin cocoons. Gizmo is walking through the vents. He falls down a pipe that just happens to be exactly where the gremlin cocoons are. How convenient. Yeah. <laughs> One of the newly hatched gremlin taps Gizmo on the head and proceeds to pull him around a corner where Gizmo gets beat up to a cartoon brawl sound effects. 
It is apparently the next day when Billy and Kate arrive back at the clamp building because Marla cuts in between Billy and Kate and says, good morning, Billy, while caressing him in front of Kate. I love that the building is in danger. They're like, let's go home and get a good night of sleep. We'll in the morning. Even though they, I don't know, did they tell the firemen to leave and then they left as well? Or, I don't know, did they fucking stay home? Unresolved. Billy tries to tell Forrester about it, and Forrester, of course, blows him off. We then cut to Kate giving a tour of the clamp building. People love tours of office buildings in this movie. <laughs> Kate takes the tour group into a taping of a cooking show where the host is making some bologna bean dip roll-ups, Ugh. which sound fucking disgusting. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Billy the is processed g- cheese, pro- cheese product or whatever. <laughs> Billy is getting made fun of by some people in a TV control room about the Mogwais. But they do ask some valid questions, like, what if one of them is eating something before midnight, but a seed gets stuck in their teeth? And what if they're eating on an airplane and they cross a time zone? I, this, I feel like those were, like, questions that everyone fucking had. After the first one, and they're yeah. like, throw them in there. Yeah, this fucking movie, this movie's so meta. It's so meta. Breaks the fucking fourth wall so many times. There's another part that I really enjoy coming up that's pretty meta. Then... Mohawk jumps out of the control board and starts attacking a person while everyone else just stands there and watches. Right. Mohawk then proceeds to knock that person out somehow. Billy scares Mohawk away with a flashlight. We then cut back to the chef lady whose name is Marge, and she's getting wasted on her show off of of cooking cherry (laughs) while making a giant pot of tuna noodle cheese product chowder surprise. That's not even me making that up. That was... That was literally what it was. Yeah, in the fucking script. Terrible. After the lights fluctuate, Marge opens her giant pot of delicious garbage and out pops the hyper gremlin that Kate mistakenly took home earlier. Marge gets attacked by another gremlin in a cupboard and a dumb gremlin wearing a tiny chef's hat and an apron then it starts chucking eggs at her. What a, the one chucking eggs at her was huge. Yeah. It was a massive gremlin. Yeah, they definitely got a bigger budget for... More costumes. <laughs> yeah, and different looking gremlins. Marge grabs the cooking cherry and gets the fuck out of there. The smart gremlin sticks some metal in a microwave, causing it to explode, setting off the water sprinklers. The gremlins in the studio start bubbling and hatching more gremlins. The, it was cool uh, with the hatching of the gremlins, because in the first one, when Stripe jumps in the pool, they just kind of zoom out. They just see lights flickering and then yeah. you know what's happening. This one, you saw like their backs bubbling and you saw mm-hmm. the little gremlins coming out of the back bubbles. It was cool. It, it yeah. was a good effect. Yep, I agree. In the control room, we see that the whole building is going haywire and Mohawk is torturing Gizmo with a copy machine. We cut the clamp in his gloomy-ass-looking office on the top floor. His secretary, Betty, is shredding some mail in a paper shredder. I put my notes. I'm sure that'll be of use soon. Yep. A gremlin puts a mousetrap on Betty's sandwich, and she disappears to somewhere after taking a bite in the mousetrap going off. She just straight-up fucking disappears. I'm out of here. The gremlins attack Clamp. Clamp puts the gremlin in the paper shredder. Wink, wink, told you. The gremlin breaks the fourth wall by staring in directly into the camera and then proceeds to scream in a cartoonish manner. <laughs> Billy tells Clamp that they need to get everyone out of the building before sundown and that when it gets dark out, the gremlins will wreak havoc on New York City. Forrester cuts Billy off and tells Clamp that Billy should be in custody because he's dangerous. Luckily for Billy, Clamp agrees and says that the gremlin that attacked him is dangerous. I actually enjoyed Clamp as a character. 
Yeah, in the original script, he was supposed to be like a lot more evil. Oh, really? Yeah, like a la fucking Trump, I guess. Really, I I liked him as a character. That uh, what is it? That like I don't know, good kind idiot role because he was like he, yeah. he, none of his ideas were his own in this entire movie. And a lot of things didn't work in his fucking building. Yeah, <laughs> but like I I I thought he was like a kind, genuine character. I actually enjoyed watching him on screen. Usually when you see a big boss guy, you fucking hate him, but I like yeah. him. Yeah, I agree. Kate gets attacked in the elevator by the gremlins, punching through the solid metal. Another gremlin messes with the elevator lift controls and drops the elevator to the bottom floor. Kate is then somehow able to be unharmed. Yeah. I guess that movie didn't have like the like the safety shit that normal... Uh, elevators have if they but, get over like a certain velocity they yeah up or whatever if a if a elevator starts free falling then like the emergency brakes will kick on but apparently they don't have them in yeah, this most movie. technological building in the world doesn't yeah. even have that <laughs> clamp wants to keep the gremlin infestation away from the cops and media he sends forrester to handle it and forrester grabs billy along with him we cut to a tv show called the movie police a show where critic Played by a renowned movie critic, Leonard Malton. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of good cameos in this movie. I agree. He's reviewing and criticizing the first Gremlins movie. <laughs> While he's tearing into the first Gremlins movie, the feed is cut short when two Gremlins pounce on him and wrap a belt around his neck. We're back in the genetics lab where one Gremlin eats something out of a vial and vegetables start growing all over <laughs> his skin. Dr. Catheter comes in and says... Another gremlin is drinking a beaker of a brain hormone. Catheter tries to reason with the gremlin by offering it, offering to get it like diseases. Yeah, I have oh, diseases. <laughs> do you want diseases? What diseases do you want? And, it, and it's that classic Christopher Lee horror movie voice. I have diseases drawn out, almost Dracula-like, because he played Dracula. Diseases. The gremlin starts transforming to more cartoony sound effects. When he comes back, too, he's somehow wearing glasses. <laughs> yeah. Is that part of the transformation? They can just they grow can just, clothes and glasses? That's that why they have them? all little costumes. This gremlin, aptly named Brain, is able to talk like an educated human. Brain starts monologuing, and while doing so, another gremlin drinks a bat hormone and sprouts wings. I, I feel this part and the coming up scene was for a payoff of one little thing what we'll get to and i was like well that's kind of ridiculous to go through all that for this but <laughs> brain just happens to find a vat of genetic sunblock he tells the bat gremlin that he has potential and tests the sunblock on it the scientists make a feeble attempt at catching the <laughs> bat gremlin worst attempt <laughs> so bad and the gremlin flies outside through a wall and when he does so it makes a perfect 89 batman symbol Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did you not notice that? I didn't think about it. Yeah, that's your problem. Yep. The gremlin flies around the city in broad daylight, so it's safe to assume the sunblock works. The gremlins continue to wreak havoc on the clamp building, attacking anything and everyone. Kate is running around frantically, but then she gets stopped by a trench coat wearing gremlin that... The same one. <laughs> calls, ...calls back to the first movie by opening his coat and quote-unquote flashing her. Kate then proceeds to kick the flashing weirdo. She fucking boots Here's that what, thing. That that was another one of my points. Like, apparently, all these gremlins are very strong because people struggle with them. But you yeah. can just kick them. 
Yeah. Yeah, she has no problem kicking them, but people just can't, like, push gremlins off yeah, of them. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Kate pulls the least alarming fire alarm to get everyone out of the building. It's like this calm voice. It's like, the building is on fire. Yeah, it was like... Please use the nearest exit. It was something like, fire. One yeah. of the modern wonders. Like. <laughs> the... Futtermans are checking out a cathedral when they're attacked by the bat gremlin. The gremlin attacks Mr. Futterman down a sidewalk where all the people around him look at him like he's crazy. Yeah. Like, like they didn't know what was going on around him, that there was like filming and shit. There was also people just walking as if yeah. nothing's happening. As if there's not flying gremlin and a dude wrestling with it. Like, how could you not look at that? Yeah. Then the citizens just stand around and do nothing while Mr. Futterman is being attacked. Mr. Futterman is able to cover the gremlin in wet cement. The gremlin then flies to the top of the cathedral where it turns to stone like a gargoyle. That was the payoff. Another fucking... That that whole thing in the genetics lab with the sunscreen and the bat was simply so that they could turn it into a gargoyle. That was it. Like, that entire scene didn't need to be needed. Didn't need to be needed. Bill enjoyed it. It was fine. Now we see some gremlins in a toy store where we get some nice Lego product placement <laughs> when one of the gremlins builds a Lego gremlin that somehow has the full Lego logo in the middle of its chest. <laughs> yep. Nice big Lego logo, too. Mohawk constructs a toy train to run into poor Gizmo that is tied to the tracks. Billy and Forrester run to the genetics lab where they ask Dr. Cather what's going on as there are animals and people running everywhere. The movie starts glitching and slowing down and speeding up. The film burns away when we see two gremlins in front of the movie projector cackling and making shadow puppets. This this actually got me for a second. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, I was like... Because like, the sound started warping a little bit, and I was like, what? Yeah, I was, is there something wrong with this copy? Yeah. This digital copy of gremlins on HBO Max? And then when the, the film like burnt up, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this makes more sense. The gremlins put on an X-rated movie called Volleyball Holiday. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. The... Usher that's working finds freaking Hulk Hogan yes. in the audience. I loved it. And asks his help for or asks his help with the gremlins. I thought he was gonna go body slam one, but he just cuts a promo. That that's what I have in my notes. I'm like Hulk Hogan starts cutting a promo and threatens to beat up the gremlins in the projection room if they don't put Gremlins 2 back on. Well let me tell you something, Gremlins. <laughs> oh, come up there. He then stares into the camera and apologizes to the audience. So fucking meta. I, I loved it, though. I loved the Me Hulk too. Hogan reference. Uh, I saw in the credits that there was another, I think, wrestler or another big celebrity that I must have missed. Huh. Grandpa Fred turns on some TVs and sees news reports about people not being able to get in the building. Fred gets the brilliant idea of live broadcasting himself inside the building. We cut back to the gremlins messing about inside the genetics lab. One gremlin drinks a concoction and turns into pure electricity. Yeah. Another pours acid on a gremlin's face, and the acid gremlin pulls out a Phantom of the Opera mask out of nowhere. The acid says, acid, do not throw in face. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... There is then a busty gremlin that's just uncomfortable to look yep. at. Forrester, Billy, and Catheter go back to the lab. Billy asks if Catheter has any bright lights, to which Catheter replies no, but he has some small assault weapons. Why do you have a w- assault weapons? While Billy and Catheter are grabbing the weapons, Forrester is sexually assaulted by the busty <laughs> gremlin. He's molested. Which the, that gremlin proceeds to hump Forrester's leg. 
Yeah. That, okay. So she does hump his leg. Yeah. Okay. I was like, is she humping his leg? <laughs> Catheter is attacked and electrocuted to death by the electricity gremlin. A uh, gremlin comes in with an appropriately sized Uzi and starts shooting up the place. So I guess Cather literally, literally meant small assault weapons. Small, small assault weapons. <laughs> Mohawk grabs a beaker with a sticker of a spider on it and proceeds to drink it. Gizmo is able to finally free himself from the toy railroad tracks. Nailed it. Clamp is fresh out of the shower because you obviously want to shower when your building's overrun yeah, by monsters. I was wondering about that too. But also at the same time, I would not want to be covered in fucking uh, gremlin guts. Checks out. And Clamp sees Grandpa Fred broadcasting live on the TV. We cut back to Gizmo lifting tiny weights, and then he <laughs> falls to the floor. I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to get a fucking 80s montage. Yeah, I thought so, too. It, it just kind of has little scenes, though, which I still enjoyed, but I was hoping for, like, you're the best. They're probably, they're probably going to afford the rights <laughs> to it. Mohawk drinks a spider serum and transforms to some sweet metal music. Hell, yeah. Which, uh, Slayer. It was Slayer. Was it? Yeah. Nice. Billy runs back to Forrester's office where he sees the electric gremlin coming out of an outlet. Billy grabs a phone headset and is somehow able to trap the gremlin in the phone. Like, how do you know that that would fucking work? He didn't. How do you know that the fucking electricity gremlin would just fly right at the headset? He didn't. <laughs> it worked out, I guess. Billy gets the idea to set all the clocks in the building ahead three hours to trick the gremlins into thinking the sun has gone down to gather all of them in the lobby. Clamp goes beep boop beep with some random buttons. He tells Billy that sunset is at 732 and Billy says to set the clocks at at 420. 420. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Billy tells Clamp that he has to handle it from the outside of the building. Clamp gets excited about that because he gets to use a secret entrance. I would have got excited about that, dude, to be honest with you. Marla is wandering around, wondering where everyone is. She then gets tangled up in giant spider webs. Clamp arrives outside and gets swarmed by reporters. Mr. Futterman uses the chance to use Clamp's secret entrance to get inside while everyone is distracted. Real quick, I feel like Marla didn't know things were going on inside the building. She, yeah, she where was, the fuck was she? She was walking around. She's like, hello, I need light at my whatever. And I was yeah. like, do you not know that the whole building is being overrun right now? He's like, does anyone even work here? Yeah. Billy thinks he hears Gizmo, so he goes into a room and gets bonked on the head and knocked out. We see Gizmo channeling his inner Rambo and fashions a homemade bow. Grandpa Fred is interviewing Brain on live TV. He asks Brain what him and the rest of the gremlins want. Brain says he wants civilization. Clamp's idea is to trick the gremlins by covering the front of the building with a giant curtain that has a fake-ass moon on, and stars on it. Where they get that in such short notice? I don't know. Hey, New York, New York, baby. New York, baby. Billy wakes up tied to a dentist chair. The crazy hyper gremlin comes at Billy with a drill. Mr. Futterman runs in and saves Billy by shining the dentist light on the gremlin, and the gremlin takes off. Kate is walking around and hears Marla calling for help. Marla is caught in the spider's web and threatens to leave Marla there. I would have. <laughs> I would have too. No, I wouldn't have. I couldn't have. Uh, I thought about. I think about it real hard. You thought about it. I, I thought about it. <laughs> you can go find the the actor and tie her up <laughs> in some spider webs. Marla lies and says that the dinner between her and Billy was strictly business. She then comes clean and says it wasn't and apologizes. Yeah, she didn't even get to first base. Nope. <laughs> Kate cuts Marla down, and the creepy-ass mohawk spider comes crawling around the corner. 
Kate and Marla are about to be attacked by Mohawk, but then Gizmo comes busting out of the vent. He lights his homemade Molotov arrow and fires it at Mohawk, setting him on fire. Which was also, it was cool and adorable. Billy is worried that the gremlins will get out, and Mr. Futterman tells Billy not to give up. <laughs> Futterman mentions that Lincoln didn't give up, which triggers Kate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, <laughs> this was the other meta part that I really enjoyed. Kate says that something bad happened to her on Lincoln's birthday. <laughs> when she was six or seven, she had the day off from school, and her mom let her go to the park. Kate's mom made her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. She says that a man with a beard and a hat was there, and then Billy cuts her off, saying they don't have time for her story right I now. I love it. That's what they should have did in the first movie, so I love that they included it in the second. Yeah, put in my notes. I guess people didn't like the stupid-ass Santa story from the first movie. It didn't make sense in the situation. <laughs> Billy's like, babe, uh, we don't have time for this right now. <laughs> I loved it. That was my favorite part of the whole movie, honestly. I, I thought that they were going to fucking go through with the whole story. I'm like, I was fucking like, what the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> All the gremlins are gathered in the lobby, excited to leave, and Brain starts singing New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. All the gremlins start forming a musical number with the weird, busty gremlin leading it, which never pays off. Nope. Because they don't actually fucking perform it. Other gremlins are forming plans and gathering weapons for when they leave the building. Clamp is about to drop the giant curtain when the fastest moving storm in history rolls in and darkens the sky. <laughs> Billy tells Futterman to grab a hose and aim it at the building. He tells Kate to find a box to put Gizmo in so he doesn't get wet, which he fucking just finds a cardboard box yeah. that'll fucking deteriorate, when it, like especially because it's a fucking like fireman's hose. <laughs> Waterman turns on the hose and drenches the gremlins. Which, when I saw this, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> motherfuckers lost their mind. The electric gremlin was apparently on hold in Clamp's phone this whole time, so Billy transfers the call to the lobby and unleashes the gremlin, which electrocutes all the gremlins in the lobby. Which, for no reason should he have known that it worked. Yeah. So you were taking a risk of getting a lot more gremlins. Uh, the logic. The 80s logic. Clamp comes running in with a gun and a SWAT team. He sees all the gremlins are dead, so he starts yelling at Fred, but quickly makes him a news anchor on the 6 p.m. news. Like, who gave this dude a SWAT outfit yeah, and a I, fucking gun? Like, he's just a businessman. He has yeah. no reason doing that. Marla and Clamp fall in love out of nowhere, and he promotes her to head of public relations. Clamp says he wants to make dolls in a giant Thanksgiving Day flow of Gizmo. Not a bad idea. Pretty good idea. But it's, it's probably a, a like a Furby thing. Yeah, that's why he's the boss. Forrester calls Clamp to tell him he's stuck on a top floor. The lights of the room Forrester is in dim, and the busty gremlin walks towards him in a wedding dress. Forrester backs away scared, but his mood quickly changes to him seemingly falling for the yeah. gremlin. <laughs> I was like, he just have sex with the gremlin. Dude's a fucking weirdo. weirdo. The end. Thin. Credits finally roll. Thin. Thin. It was a... Uh, it, it was, was a ride. It, it definitely sure. was a fucking ride. It fucking, like, Deadpool is, like, his meta doesn't even come close to no. this fucking movie. I, I really enjoyed how self-aware this movie was. Yeah. From the first one. Um, With that said, just overall, was it a good movie? Yeah, <laughs> it was a good movie. <sighs> what? It was a movie. What, what, it, what, are we, what are we rating it on today? Um... Out of 10 busty gremlins, how many busty gremlins do you give it? Do I get a busty gremlin if I rate it 10 out of 10? Do I get my own busty gremlin? Try um, and find out. I'd say a 6. Yeah, I was thinking six, somewhere around there, 6. I think I rated the last one a 5. This was slightly better 
just because of the meta yeah. and the self-awareness. So I, I think I will give it a six, Busty Gremlins. Yeah, so I have a couple couple of trivia bits. So the the opening aer- aerial shot of New York City uh-huh. was footage from Superman 4. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And Chris Columbus was unavailable to write the script due to him directing... Home Alone. Home Alone. I had to like, think of the year this came out. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So, per use, we uh, used the real good spooky roulette to find a new movie to watch. Right. Um, Drumroll? Did I add Amazon back on here? Yeah. Since we, we okay. changed the parameters, we should add Amazon back on there. One... All right, I need a roulette wheel sound effect. Uh, I don't know what they make. You did it last time. Oh, wait, is it is it the same thing as okay? Oh wait. Oh, the shining. Yeah, you're right. Two and a half hours. Yeah, it's a long movie. That's cool. I actually started watching this not that long ago, so I can just resume it. That'll save me some time. I'll watch that over Halloween. Maybe I should finish the book so I can fucking (laughs) compare it. All right, so Jack Torrance accepts a caretaker job at the Overlook Hotel, where he, along with his wife Wendy and their son Danny, must live isolated from the rest of the world for the winter. But they aren't prepared for the madness that lurks within. I'll probably finish watching it. My daughter wanted to watch this. That's why we started it when we finished it. So I think I'll probably finish it with her this weekend. The Shining, featuring Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall, is streaming with subscribers. Oh, yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, shit. It has an IMDb audience rating of 8.4 with 962,299 votes. Damn. Almost a fucking milli, bruh. Trivia. This movie is directed by Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick? Everyone fucking Kubrick, knows that. Who also faked the moon landing. Hell yeah. That's why Danny's wearing a... Apollo 11, 13? Sure. Sweater? One of them. Because it's like, oh, wink, wink. <laughs> I think it's 11, but I don't know. It's a little wink, wink to Stanley Kubrick. Definitely faking the moon landing. A little wink and a nod. Um, so, we have a review to read. We have a review? We do. It's from Nestle Official. What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, It's a five-star review on Apple Podcasts app. Titled Wheelie Good Podcast. Really? The show restored my love of podcasts. Expert and analyst. Wait, analysis? Yeah, sorry. I'm starting that over. (laughs) Third time's a charm bracelet. This show restored my love of podcasts. Expert analysis, quick wit, and great chemistry between hosts make me keep coming back each week. Must listen for anyone with love for pop culture and half a brain. Is this from, like, Nestle? No, it's not from Nestle. Oh, so it's, you can change your name to whatever. Well, it said Nestle Official. I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe it is the Nestle is official. official. Thank you, Nestle, for your, your review. That's and if, fantastic. Thank you so much. And if you guys want your review read out on the podcast, fucking leave one. And you know what? You restored my faith in reviews. You are the official first reviewer of the podcast um and also you can fucking leave us voice memos or just send us fucking emails at fucking popculturebicycle at gmail.com all right so 
Got anything else to say, Buster? Let's see. Uh, want to talk some politics? Want to suck some politics? Want to talk some politics? Suck some politics? Oh! No, I did not. With that said. <laughs> I, I would like to say, Eli, you fucking suck for picking up St. Brown and leaving him on your fucking bench, you piece of shit. <laughs> you fucked it up. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to our executive producer, Justin. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Pop Culture Bicycle and on Twitter at Pop Culture Bike. You can follow me on Instagram at Pop Culture Jake and Luke at Luke Keyway underscore DG. That's Keyway spelled K E W A Y. If you have any suggestions for us to read and or watch, email the podcast at Pop Culture Bicycle at gmail.com or use hashtag Pop Culture Bicycle on Twitter. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash popculturebicycle. 